Hello everyone. Welcome to In the Neighborhood with your hosts, Tim Johnson and Stacy Borho. Together, they are finding out what makes the heart of the Heartland Beat. They sit down with people in your community that lead organizations, businesses, and government. You'll learn who they are and what they're involved in and why. They are the people in your neighborhood. It's In the Neighborhood with Stacy Borho and Tim Johnson. Good morning, everybody. This is Tim Johnson and the lovely... Stacy Borho. Stacy <laughs> Borho, or as we know her, Boohoo. Uh, no. Um, and today we're talking uh, Family Corps. Um, we're with Jamie, Jamie uh, DeShaney uh, um, Sheridan. So three, three yeah, names. Yeah, I'm complicated. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm really good at doing these announcements of names. Um, you're Child Welfare Director of uh, Family Corps? Correct. Uh, tell us what Family Corps is. Family Corps is um, a local not-for-profit social service agency, and we serve the Tri-County area, Peoria, Tazewell, Woodford. Um, we have different services. The most uh, well-known service we provide is our foster care program. Mm -hmm. We also have a counseling program that encompasses uh, private adoption, which is something a lot of people don't know about. Uh, we also have a multi-services for single parents program, which we just call MSSP, it's a lot easier. <laughs> and um, that program helps single parents out where they're struggling with you know, finding employment, whatever services they may need. So you know, keeping them with a lot of community wrap around for them. And we also have our outreach program, which is a phenomenal program working with Peoria District 150. And recently we've started branching out into other districts. We have family school liaisons that go into the schools and work there to help kids who are struggling. We also have um, after school programs and summer school or summer camps. But uh, the most popular program, unfortunately, that you might have heard of is our respite program for kids who are suspended, and we provide um, a, a day program for them where they can keep up on their work, and mom and dad don't have to risk losing jobs because they have to stay home. So uh, we have a wide variety of services at Family Corps. That is a lot. It is a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and how long have you guys been around? We just celebrated our um, 117th birthday wow. in December of last year. So been around for quite a while started off as um, a, a service to provide laundry and firewood. Uh, that's how our agency actually started, um, December of 1900. And from there, we grew to include nurses um, to help out with the tuberculosis epidemic at the time, mm -hmm. um, merged with some other social service agencies to start offering services in home to help out families in their time of need during the Depression. And um, in 1974, the name was changed to Counseling and Family Services, okay. which is the name that a lot of people know us by. Um, in 2010, the name was changed to Family Corps to kind of promote that families are the core of everything we do. So there's my little summary for you. Awesome. <laughs> Very cool. Awesome. You guys yeah. do Quite a bit. Mm -hmm. um, we mentioned you mentioned right before we started about fam, uh, foster families. Uh, what do you do with foster families? 
Well, we, um, we recruit and train foster families. And then when cases are referred to us by the Department of Children and Family Services, then uh, we will either place the child or uh, sometimes a child will be placed with a relative, which is, is our hope. We want to keep that family you know, as close together and the child in their community and, and involved in their biological family as possible. So then we will work with the, the relative family to get them licensed and trained to understand the process of foster care, the court process, how DCFS is involved. And we, um, we like to treat the foster family as part of our team so that we're all doing what we have to do for the child and the family. So we do a lot of recruitment events and we do, um, you know, we license them. We will get them trained in a variety of things. You most commonly might think of, you know, behavior management or grief, things like that. But um, we do a lot of fun trainings, too, um, like African-American hair care, something that you might not think of, mm-hmm. um, or just, you know, like, what are fun things you can do to play with kids in the home? So, so if someone wanted to be a foster parent, what would they have to do? What were the steps? Well, at our agency, um, we have a foster care email address, and that comes to me, and I have an amazing lead licensing worker. Her name is Stacy Duran, and I work with Stacy, and she reaches out to people to first gauge their interest. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what kind of children are you looking for? Here's the reality of foster care. And then there's an application process that involves a home study and getting to know all the people in the family mm-hmm. um, that are living in the home. And then there are background checks and physicals to make sure that we're not placing a child that could cause detriment to the family and vice versa. Sure. So we want to make sure that when we do have someone who's interested in being in foster care, that we properly vet them and, and give them what works for them as well as what works for the child. Mm-hmm. Because placement and stability is extremely important. Absolutely. So the process itself, we like to keep it under 90 days. That's our goal. Um, Sometimes, you know, we send things off to places and they may not have the same 90-day goal as we do. But, um, yeah, we we love to have new foster parents come. Is there a shortage right now? There definitely is. There definitely is. Um, One of the things we find is that families with giant hearts will step up. Mm -hmm. And they will say, I'll take my niece, nephew, cousin, whatever the case may be, grandchild. And then um, once they realize the dynamics of caring for someone else, then um, they say, you know, no fault of their own, but this was more than I thought I could handle. And so then we'll try to find another home. And it's great that that person will always stay involved. We love to have people everywhere, wrapping all the way around the child to help them feel as normal as possible. Yeah. Because coming into foster care is not a normal thing. Right. So we want to keep them as, as wrapped in love as we can. But then if something like that were to happen, or um, we see a lot of grandparents taking on their grandchildren. Mm-hmm. And, and I know from personal experience, my children had to live with my mom for a while due to some medical issues. And it's tough, especially when you don't have a big support system. So we are always seeking foster parents to either be an additional placement or to serve as respite to give grandma, grandpa, aunt, uncle, whatever the case may be, a break. Um, we do provide our foster parents with respite because I'm sure you know we send kids to grandma's for the weekend. 
Mm-hmm. So everybody needs a break every once in a while. So we're looking for respite foster parents. So what, it, what? I guess respite's probably a term that you throw around. It's sure. not one that I hear. So what does that even mean? It just means a break. Okay. Yeah, just a, a little bit of a break. So someone, instead of being a foster parent, like... Um, more obviously for a longer period of time, mm-hmm. someone could just be a, a weekend or a shorter term placement. Absolutely. We're, so we're, I, don't, I, I didn't know that that existed. So yeah. I think that that's really interesting and, and obviously very important because some people don't have those resources. Absolutely. Um, respite foster parents are there. You said shortage. That's the only word I can, I can mm-hmm. come up with. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's a great step if you're not 100% sure you feel it in your heart, you feel that it's calling to you that you want to be a foster parent, but you're not sure if you're ready to take that full-time step. Respite foster parents it is something else that you can try out doing. Wow. And that, you know, it's just a couple days here or there. And the whole application process is the same or different for the respite? It is the same. Okay. Yeah, because we want to make sure that we're not you know, matching someone in a situation that's going to be harmful for anybody. Absolutely. So, yeah. So most everybody knows where I come from as far as foster care. We had six of my original or real kids, as we uh, unfortunately <laughs> called ourselves, and then up to eight foster kids at one time in, mm-hmm. in our house. So we had up to, what, 13, 14 kids at once. Um, and from age of probably nine through high school we had over 80 foster kids and my parents continued and had over 250 foster kids over their lifetime so i'm familiar with foster care where are the kids coming from that are going into foster care kids are referred to us through the dcfs hotline process typically um there's always a hotline call involved that goes to DCFS. We are not involved in taking the children. That's a common misperception. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a lot of them. We don't get a bonus for taking kids into care. That's one I hear all the time. Um, Wow. Yeah. That's sad. It is. It's horrible. (laughs) No, we're we're actually, I mean, it costs a lot of money to have a child in Mm -hmm. foster care. Why would we get a bonus? But um, our calls come from DCFS. When they go out and investigate a case and determine that a child is either abused, neglected, or dependent, those are typically the three situations. So if there's a harmful situation which the child has been abused or a situation in where the parent has failed to protect them in a domestic violence situation or a drug-involved situation um, or neglect where the parents uh, just aren't taking care of them properly Mm -hmm. or the home environment. And then dependency cases can be a variety. There um, some cases come in based on a child's behaviors and criminal involvement and that the, the parent can't manage that. Um, there will be situations where a child is, their behaviors are so out of control that the parent calls and says, I can't do this anymore, I need help. Um, so those are three reasons, but we'll get, the, we'll get the call from DCFS, and typically the investigator on the case from DCFS will have already found a foster home. Um, that's the majority of our calls, and they're, they're relative homes. So then the case will be assigned to us to service the case. And um, if the department can't find a foster home, then they'll call us and say, do you have a home for this child? So that's where our cases come from. And then um, usually about day three or four of the cases when we take over. Awesome. 
It's a lot. It's, it's a, lot. a lot, and I can't even imagine being a child in that situation. So No, we're really focused on making sure that, if at all possible, the child stays in their community mm -hmm. and they stay connected to as many people as possible. Mm -hmm. There's one of the big pushes that we're doing right now, um, and we're trying to build our program at Family Corps, is for mentoring for both the children and the adults. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, you can imagine as a child spending the night at someone else's home, it was just awkward, but you knew you were going back to your home. Mm -hmm. Imagine not knowing when you're going back home. Or but if. if you have, or if, if you have, if you're in the same community, if you get to stay in your same school, or if you're with relatives, it's gonna ease that just a little bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can remember most times when the kids would be coming, you could see just a look of overwhelmed with everything that's going on, not knowing and, but, Foster care gives a chance for people to love a child that often hasn't been loved. Um, not saying that all cases are like that, mm -hmm. um, but there's a good portion of those kids don't know what it's like to have somebody, you know, take a look at what they're, you know, look at the picture, you know, even giving them the time to even look at a picture that somebody they've drawn, you know. Mm -hmm. um, so you have a really good chance of getting somebody to love that never had an inkling of what it was. So those are great. Um, so you do counseling. Um, and remind me of the counseling that you guys do. We Is have a, a counseling program mm -hmm. that does, um, they do counseling for a lot of our kiddos. And then they also do community counseling. And they have a large backing by United Way. So there's the plug to support us that way um, <laughs> they do a sliding fee scale and then they also accept some insurance okay. so that's a great resource for the community so what what kind of counseling would it be for community they do individual they do family they okay. do marital counseling awesome. so, okay yeah. and um, the single parent program that you do expound on that a little bit because that that's Sounds like a pretty amazing program, too. It is. It's, it's wonderful. There are three awesome ladies in the single parent program. And what they do is they um, work with mostly single moms, mm -hmm. and they help them kind of stay afloat. They will hook them up with community resources. And I want to go back just for a moment to that, that um, what we're seeing in foster care is generational gaps where we'll have biological parents who've never filled out a job application or never opened a checking account. So unfortunately, those generational gaps that we're seeing that you and I might easily know how to do mm -hmm. are often hindering parents from getting their children back, something as small as not having a stable job. So our single parent program is being proactive and helping single parents with you know, lots of life skills and hooking them up to community resources. And just checking in with them and being kind of a sounding board on occasion. That's so, awesome. Yeah. So you need a lot of volunteers. We do. So yeah. how does someone get involved with Family Corps? Um, again, they could just contact us through our website. Which is what? Familycorps.org. Okay. And we have an email address um, somewhere on the website. <laughs> contact us button. Find it. Um, it's the foster care button. goes right to me. Uh, and... We are looking for both child and adult mentors because we want to find community people who, um, like, you know, somebody who works at a bank who can help someone walk through the process of opening a checking account mm -hmm. or 
um, even a barber who can help someone understand hair care. Just mm-hmm. all the tiny little things we take for granted that somewhere along the line our biological parents have missed. And we want to make them successful so that we can have their children return home. Now, on the flip side of that, we have the children who know they're not normal. And we want to make them feel as normal as possible. We want to have someone who can take them out to a movie. We want to have someone who can take them and get ice cream. We want to have someone who will drive them to counseling. And as a mom of four, I know the only one-on-one time I get with my kids is in the car. Mm -hmm. And we have some of our best conversations, especially with my 15-year-old who never looks up from his phone. (laughs) The only time I get conversation with him is in the car. So we started thinking about in our own lives, where do we have our best interactions? Driving a child back and forth to counseling. You're going to have one-on-one time in the car just to talk about how was your day, what's new. Things like that. So uh, we're really looking not for any big items. We just, someone that can just be involved for a little bit of time Mm -hmm. and make that child or that adult feel more normal. So nothing special, no special training, nothing, you know, you don't have to have (laughs) You don't have to commit for a year or five or anything like that. You know, somebody willing to be involved, a background check and a, hey, I get that this is a confidential thing I'm dealing with, mm-hmm. you know? Background checks is always required anything to do with children, though. Isn't that correct? Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, so, and I guess if you're concerned about that, then you shouldn't be volunteering. <laughs> <laughs> we're here with uh, Jamie DeShaney Sheridan of Family Corps, and we're talking about all the different things that Family Corps does. want to put in a quick, uh, make sure that you share on Facebook, and we are, uh, we we have our own page on Facebook mm-hmm. uh, in the neighborhood, um, and you can go there and find our iTunes link. We'll just put up the iTunes links, and we have over 80, over 90 of our shows right on there ready for you to download and listen if you're driving in a car um, want to hear our our sweet voices. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> As you crackle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm trying to. Yeah, no. Um, but share and uh, comment, like, um, that all helps us um, for other people to be able to see our show. Um, we're also going to be shortly here on White Space TV, so you'll see us on our pretty much our own channel on uh, i3 cable. Um, so... Um, Jamie, um, what's your biggest need right now? Our biggest need right now is is foster parents, and specifically um, our specialized foster parents. It's not hard to imagine that when a child comes from a difficult situation and then they're removed from that difficult situation, which may be the only, again, normal life they know, it may be normal to a child that people are coming in, in your ho- out of your house constantly and there are drugs or that mom leaves you home alone. That may be normal. And then to be taken out of that environment and put in what we consider a normal environment is already traumatic. So we've got trauma in the original home, trauma in the foster home, and some of those children may act out. So then we might have another placement, which is another trauma. And what we're seeing in the state of Illinois is more and more residential facilities are closing, which means that children who have the more significant trauma history or the more significant mental illness are leaving their structured um, facilities with a lot of resources 
or they've made progress enough that they're ready to step down into a foster home. Um, Illinois foster care has levels of care. So we have traditional, which are typically your babies and not very much trauma or behavioral history. Then we have specialized, and those are, are the more challenging um, not any less lovable by any means. Right. Give me an angry teenager over a baby any day. Um, <laughs> I don't know why. but um, I'm going to be the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love my teenagers. Um, anyway, those children who are either, um, you know, they, they go from home to home mm-hmm. or they have behaviors or they're coming out of a residential facility, they need a stable placement just as much as anyone else does. So we're really pushing right now to increase our specialized foster home um, number. And that involves additional training. It involves um, some specialized training to deal with behaviors. Um, there's, you know, people like to say foster parents get paid. It's not exactly the case. Um, it's a stipend. It's similar to, you know, in, in everyday world child support, I guess, mm-hmm. to help pay for all the extra things that go on your home because another person is there. So the specialized um, level of care rate is higher Mm -hmm. because there's going to be more appointments with counselors and psychiatrists and psychologists and individual specialized counseling, those types of things. So um, we're really pushing right now for an increase in our spec homes. And then again, going back to, you know, anyone from a community who's willing to just step up. Mm -hmm. It's always been a challenge to... For teenagers, mm-hmm. babies are usually the easy people want to, you know, you know, um, foster babies. But and that's challenging its own. You know, you get really emotional. Actually, at any age, you get emotionally attached. But babies, you get mm-hmm. first. But teenagers has always been a difficult thing to mm-hmm. find placements for. Correct. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, babies are cuddly. Yeah. And and teenagers have their own things going on. <laughs> so, <laughs> not so cuddly. <laughs> no, they're not so cuddly. But um, you know, they they deserve just as much as a baby does, if mm-hmm. not more. Yeah. Because we're we're like I say to my own children, I'm parenting you to be 18, to go out into the real world. To you know, I'm not going to hold your hand at 18 if if you do something silly. You're an adult. You're on your own. Mm-hmm. And we're, so with our teenagers, it's. It's even more important that they have someone stable who's willing to help them with literacy, help them with their education, help them and be an advocate, you know, if they should get in trouble somewhere, help them learn all those life skills that our parents taught us. And by the time we have a lot of teenagers, their parents are are typically out of the picture. So I heard a very sad story uh, at a training that, you know, you age out of the system at a certain age, at 21, and um, there were kids in college, when the dorms would close, they had nowhere to go because they didn't have anybody that they'd made connections with that even they could, you know, go have Christmas dinner with. Hmm. So it's, I think that's why those teenagers are so, they're so in my heart. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it's, it's not like they're going to say, you know, I'm from a foster family and I have no place to go. Exactly. They're just going to hang out yeah wow that's that's pretty amazing. some of the other things we take for granted right yeah a lot Absolutely. of things that we take for granted mm-hmm. yeah so does it cost so for these foster parents that you need does it cost for them to apply no okay. no the only part of the process that has any cost to it at all is the physical and if the foster family doesn't have the insurance or they don't want to pay out of pocket we cover that cost 
And what about a class or anything that they have to attend? So a time commitment, obviously, prior to getting approved? Yes, there's something called Pride. <clears throat> and it is basically, um, it's just the process. It's classes mm -hmm. that teach you about becoming a foster parent, what to expect, the court process, the um, all the things that are involved in being part of a DCFS case. Mm -hmm. And then um, teaching about the children and how to keep them connected to their bio families and shared parenting, which is another big push of ours, where the foster parent and the biological parent will work together. Because you've got two experts on a child, but they're only about 50% expert on each side. So you get them together, you've got some great success. Um, so yeah, pride classes, um, they're offered, they're free. They are the time commitment. Mm -hmm. um, doing the home study is just you know, showing up and letting our licensing workers come talk to you. Okay. So and when are those typically offered? They, they vary. They're offered um, through DCFS. Okay. Um, there are pride trainers throughout the state. So um, they, they run pretty consistently. So they're always available. So anyone could go apply even starting today. Yes, absolutely. Give us a call or email. <laughs> Or go online or go to the online. website, which is what again? Familycore.org. Okay. So who would you say make, would be a good candidate to be a foster parent? I think anyone who has a big heart, mm -hmm. who can understand reality, uh, especially with our spec kids. We don't discriminate. We are welcoming to single people. We're welcome to couples. Um, we, again, we don't discriminate race, orientation, gender, um, as a matter of fact, we are actually encouraging um, the LGBTQ community to apply as foster parents because we're seeing a greater amount of LGBTQ youth in care. And again, we want to put kids in a place where they feel comfortable. Right. So um, the minimum age requirement is 21. Okay. And pass a background check and... Do all the classes and have a classes. big heart. And yeah. It's not complicated. Not at all. It's pretty simple. We have about three minutes, and we didn't really touch too much on the outreach uh, for like District 150 and such. Uh, tell us a little bit about that while we've got a chance. All right. Um, our outreach program is awesome. Ron Tyler is the director of our outreach program, and he's been around, he'd kill me for saying this, but forever. Uh, <laughs> I think he's been at Family Corps 19 years. And uh, they work with District 150. They have professionals in the school to help out when there are issues. We have our... Uh, Respite program, again, a little break for when children are suspended to help mom and dad out so they don't, you know, a lot of mom and dads might lose their job if they had to take time off work to stay. Sure. Right. So that's a way for them to keep up on their academics as well as have a safe place to be. And we have an anger management program that we do as well as after school and uh, summer camp. <laughs> so Can Stacy join the anger management class? <laughs> <laughs> You can come sit with me. I can come sit with you. <laughs> Thanks, Tim. <laughs> no, it's I, all good. <laughs> I do want to share. Um, we have our Frosty 5K, oh, which awesome. is one of our fundraising events because we are a not-for-profit agency, and it is the 27th, I think. Um, not this Saturday, but next Saturday. And it is a 5K run and a 1K walk. And you can bring your dog and walk. Oh, so I'll be animals uh, welcome. Animals welcome. Oh, and then um, <laughs> we we start at Running Central and end at the Gateway Building. Awesome. So you can find out information about that on familycore.org. What time do you know? Is it at 8 or 7 a.m.? It's or? a morning thing. That's like three blocks, right? From 
from here. You can just walk on yeah. down. Yeah. Come on down. It's Bring your dog. Nice and warm, hence the name Frosty. Yes. <laughs> That's awesome. Any other success stories that you'd like to share in regards to what you guys are doing? I have so many, but um, one of my favorite, and, and this is a personal one, okay. and it keeps me going some days. I, had a, I started working with a girl when she was 13, and she came from a very difficult situation. Um, unfortunately, she was involved in uh, a, a pretty bad crime and pretty traumatized by her biological family, but uh, she found an amazing family to live with. She actually sought them out on her own. Which is, you know, she came to us and said, I want to live with these people. And we were like, okay. Um, it turned out to be the greatest thing ever for her. And uh, I still keep in touch with her. And she, she taught me more than I think I ever taught her. So it, you hear horror stories, but there's so many, so many good things that come out of being in foster care. There yeah. is. As a matter of fact, I want to say hi to Stace, uh, Connie and Betty. Um, they're uh, foster sisters of mine that I lost touch with for about 30 years and um, just connected with this last week. So i um, really excited to go see them here real shortly. But thank you so much. Um, Jamie DeShaney Sheridan of Family Corps. Uh, you. Appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you. PeoriaLife.com.